It's as rock and roll as, as I've been lately, so. <laughs> Let me take a sip of my drink. And we're just going to roll, all right? You ready to all roll? Right, let's do it. Let's do it. I got my notes. I got my uh, CD in front of me. Awesome. I got uh, my drink. Yes, me too. Look out. The lever. Get away from that lever. You'll blow us all to atoms. All right, let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. This is Rob Elba, and I'm back. I'm back home again from Nashville, although I know I recorded a bunch of episodes, so by the time you hear this, of course, I will have been back home for a while, but to me, I'm just back home now, so it's exciting for me. Uh, before I get to anything else, I want to mention our newest patron, Mr. David Mannion. Welcome uh, to the Patreon family, David Mannion. And also, I'd like to thank uh, patron Dan Bonebreak for upped his membership. He upped his membership level, which is something you can do. And if you're wondering, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. What's a patron? Uh, you should really know this by now. Uh, you go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and you can become a patron of this show and you could help support me in my endeavors. And I'd appreciate it. And speaking of patrons... I have one on the show tonight, right? Jay, you're, you're a patron. I'm a patron and I'm on your show right now. <laughs> you are. So how exciting is this for you? This is uh, <laughs> exhilarating. <laughs> I mean, be honest, there hasn't been much excitement lately, so it's kind of exciting for you, right? Yes, and actually it is. And then plus, I've had to wait over a year because I was supposed to be on last year around this time. Oh, you were. And I kept flip-flopping about what I wanted to oh, do. Oh, yeah, so it was then, your uh, fault. It was your fault. It was my fault. It was. You know, okay, good. the cautionary tale. There you go. That's <laughs> right, kids. Stick to your... Uh... <laughs> no, but you, you ended up... Uh, well, you ended up... You flip-flopped around, but to, for me, you ended up uh, landing on a really good one that, ironically, another person had picked at one point, but ended up... He flip-flopped. Uh, yeah. Russell Mofsky. Yeah, and I think yeah. I picked... And I was going to do uh, a Tom Waits uh, album and then I couldn't do it because of uh, one of them doing oh, that. Tim, one yeah, Tim did that, we... and then yeah, Russell was going to do this, but then he changed to Godspeed You Black Emperor. But it all worked out because what are we talking about now, Jay? We are talking about Fugazi Repeater. Yeah, Fugazi Repeater. And uh, Jay, oh, by the way, I didn't actually introduce you. <laughs> this is Jay Reeve. Oh. Welcome, Jay Reeve, <laughs> to the show. What a bad host I am. Uh, Yay, well, I've known Jay a long time. Uh, you run an experimental noise label, right? Called Mutant Sounds Net That's Label. That's correct. So it's a net label. Yes. What's, what's the difference between a net label and a regular net label? There is no well, a net label is there's no physical um, copies of anything. It's all streaming or free, Oh, okay. Free oh, so there is a difference. You okay. can download it, and um, it's a lot easier, a lot, lot lower overhead. You just have to, it doesn't cost anything to run. It, right. um, you don't have to pay for anything to be pressed okay. and then sit on 500 CDs for 20 years, right. you know? So a man, <laughs> uh, but, but it's something you're definitely, you, because you really, you've had this label since when, uh, since the nineties originally, right? And then you well, yeah, I was doing a tape label at, in the early nineties cause that was the easiest way of, you know, transferring music. Then I kind of got into, uh, having a website and the MP3s. 
and uh, CDRs, but that got costly. And then the, the CDs were getting stuck in people's car. So I was like, all right, this isn't working. Um, so then the, you know, Bandcamp came along and it made it a little bit easier getting your music out there. Yeah, yeah. Bandcamp's uh, great. And I actually, speaking of Bandcamp, I want to mention whenever we do an episode, I always buy the uh, artist, you know, the whatever the record we're going to talk about, I buy the digital version of it to use. And uh, Fugazi has a Bandcamp. <laughs> and I got and yeah. I got and I bought Repeater right off their Bandcamp because I figured that's the best. I figured the band's probably going to get the most out of that, you know, the, get to keep yeah. the most from that. And, uh, and I even, I even paid a little more, you know, you could pay a little more than they asked. So I even paid a little more. So uh, yeah. Name Ian, your own price. What you, yeah. What do you think of that, Ian? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So your, your previous record you did was shellac. You did shellac uh, yeah. at action park. So you obviously have a, t- I mean, I know you're into all different kinds of music and everything, but this is definitely your jam. This right here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mid-90s noise rock. uh, I mean, it was coming up. I was just, you know, I was a young man at that point and liking all the music that was out there. Well, not all of it, but (laughs) all the good music. All the good music, of course. Yeah, and it was a lot different uh, environment for what was underground music at the time. There was a lot of excitement going on. A lot of bands were active and fresh you know they were just starting out so yeah there was and there was a whole big there was a big thing like in the late 80s coming up to 90 and then things exploded with like nirvana and pearl jam and the grunge and then it became like almost mainstream for a while but yeah a lot of us were already into all these underground i mean if you get the book our band uh, could be your life i mean that's all that's the music that we were all listening to in the yeah exactly yeah yeah and um, all right, so real quick, Fugazi formed by Ian uh, Mackay, and it is Ian uh, Mackay, or uh, yeah, McKay. yeah. I was thinking that there's a I'm from New Jersey, so I want to say it's McKay, but it's actually Mackay. It is actually Mackay. All right, well that's good. I'm glad. I know I'm from. Is is that a thing? Is it because you're from New Jersey? Because I'm from Queens, <laughs> and I, I mispronounce everyone's name, but I thought yeah, uh, it's like you know the <laughs> other gentleman's name's Gee. And I want to call him Guy. Oh, right, right. You know? Oh, it's uh, it's Guy Picciato. Yeah, right. It's a French oh, pronunciation. Uh, no, I'm going to totally call him Guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Guy. All right, let's call him that. <laughs> There's only the so way. much. Yeah. There's only so much we could be, be expected of us. All right, so Ian uh, dissolved Minor Threat. Uh, right. And uh, um, and they f- he formed Fugazi in 1986. And he said, I love his description. He wanted a project that was like the Stooges with yeah. reggae. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and and I think he kind of uh, captured it with this. I mean, this definitely when you listen to it now, you hear how this influenced so many bands moving forward from this in the nineties, yeah. and then in the two thousands too, really. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, it was very influential, and it, I think it opened a lot of doors and a lot of ears for people to, to oh, this is what. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but this is what hardcore and punk mutated into. But I mean, they were like the cream of the crop as far as I was concerned about the post-punk era. I think these guys were like, you know, the biggest band at that time. I think so. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, when you say post-punk, it's funny because this, uh, I mean, so this came out in 90, in 1990 on uh, Discord uh, Records. And yeah. um, it, you know, immediately when I listened to it again, because I remember when this came out, and I remember I listened to this a lot when it came out, and it, and I just thought because it just sounded so like 
immediate and fresh and you know in your face and uh, yeah, it was so yeah. great but in re-listening to it now i hear oh yeah man a gang of four they're kind of like the american gang of four um with the you know both with for their political leanings and for the how the music's like intricate and fierce at the same time and you got the right. bass and drum interplay but then i'm also hearing mission of burma too a, a lot of mission of burma and yeah, I, I, yeah. I, mission of burma had to be an influence on these guys um there's sort of like an angrier mission of Burma. Yeah, yeah, a lot more political uh, as well. Right, right. But uh, being from D.C., you know, how can you not be, I guess, because it seems like they wore it on their, their shirt sleeves, uh, how, just how political they, they were, or, you know, just politically conscious, you know. Right. And also another thing I was going to uh, mention was the uh, the sound of it, the production style, because the other record you brought was a record that came out after this. Shellac was Steve Albini. And uh, yeah. Steve Albini had already been doing this sound when he, he produced the Pixies. And uh, this, it has, I mean, a lot of it comes down to that snare sound. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that because I heard your, uh, the Concrete Blonde uh, episode where you guys were talking about the, uh, the gated snare and listening back to this, I was like, oh, there it is, 1990s, the gated snare sound. Right, right, right. But it just has, but but in this, uh, you hear also more of the room, I guess, or you just, it just sounds more open. It doesn't sound, even though it is, it's got that crack, but it also yeah. just sounds, I don't know, it, it, it gives it a very, it gives it a very big sound, but a different, right. uh, not like a John Bonham big, but... Uh, a different kind of big drum sound. Yeah, yeah, like a dub type of sound. You yeah, know? it's a big part of of the sound, I think, and it just and it just hits you. And uh, I guess we should mention the drummer, Brendan. Yeah, Canty. I mean, he's got an easy name to pronounce. I don't think I'm easy enough. That. Yeah, yeah, Brendan <laughs> and the bass player, Joe Lolly. Yes. And um, these guys. The four of them, because I guess uh, Guy, uh, I'm going to call him Guy, what the hell, Picciato, <laughs> I guess originally, it's funny, he, he he joined the band and he wasn't even playing guitar. He was just sort of like the extra vocalist. And uh, yeah, yeah, he would be almost the way they'd have a toaster in a rap band, you know, you know in hip hop. He was doing that for a while. Yeah, because yeah, uh, around the time when he joined, they, uh, Public Enemy was big. And so he was kind of like their hype man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What Flavor Flav is. Right. That's what he came in at because there wasn't much room for him at first. There, you know, they were all just trying to navigate their way through their sound. Uh, I mean, I'm glad eventually he did start playing guitar on this uh, on this album. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's great. The guitar, the two of them, the guitar interplay that they have going on is a big part of the excitement of it. Uh, why it all sounds uh, exciting. I mean, there's so much going on with this stuff. And there's a lot of, for, for you know, guys that came out of hard, hardcore and the hardcore thing, there's a lot of nuance going on. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dynamics and a lot of uh, building tension and then quieting down and getting loud, loud, soft, loud, soft type of thing. It's, I mean, it's what, I think it's what makes it so entertaining. If it was just like them just bashing away, you know, I mean, it would have been good, but... It would have been hardcore. Yeah, exactly. And it, so. and it wouldn't be this, which is like totally different. So, uh, all right. So let's get into the record. Let's get to the first song. And well, from the jump, what were we talking about? Dynamics and the delicate, pretty exploding, uh, which is exactly what happens in this one here. So uh, let's listen to the first track, Turnover. Turnover. 
So I guess the earlier version of this song, uh, Ian was singing, and then uh, now Gee, uh, they have Gee singing it. Um, which they have very similar voices, but you could definitely tell them apart too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, lyrically and, uh, vocally they're, you know, it's, you know, they have two, they're two lead singers in one band. Right. So, I mean, it really packs a punch, especially when they sing together too. Yeah. 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 There's some great stuff. All right. So you, you're a little younger than me, I think a little younger. So when this came out, you were in your twenties, mid twenties, I guess. No, no. I mean, 1990. I was uh, still in high school. Were you? Oh, Jesus was, Christ! Uh, All right, I didn't know you were that much younger. <laughs> I was younger 17. Than me. Yeah, <laughs> you were? I wasn't oh, okay. into these. Uh, yeah, I look old. Yeah. No, no, that's <laughs> not what. I, that like wasn't this. what I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. I mean, when I wasn't into these guys until I think like 1992, when oh, okay. all the uh, when all that stuff was going on with you know alternative rock like type of thing and I was I was into helmet at the time and I was I was thinking these guys are probably a lot like helmet I don't know why I thought that but um I went out on a whim and picked up this album and steady diet enough in the uh, album after right so and what did you think you were you, I you was were blown uh, away, right? I think I I mean, yeah, I, I was. I think I got Steady Diet and Nothing first, and I was like, okay, this is, this is good. This isn't Helmet. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but I, it was better than Helmet, and um, and then I went. I think I got this the following week in the used CD bin where I got the other one from, and yeah, this is the one that caught me. This is the one that was just like, yeah, okay, now I see what these guys are trying to do. Right. And so what were I you really li- like it. <laughs> All right. So when you were in, when this came out when you were in high school 17 what were you listening to then? Uh when I was like 17 at this point I was probably getting out of alternative music I was listening to at the time because it was kind of like you know 1986 87 it was really difficult to try finding you know alternative music in New Jersey at the time. So it was just mostly I probably went back to uh like classic rock because it was easy to to get on the radio and find it right and then like metal and then like uh and then come like 91 when the whole like alternative thing started shifting around again that's when my ears i was like okay i listened to this type of stuff before so it's familiar right i could kind of just pick up where i left off at and that's basically what i how i came across this and you were already playing playing drums I was playing guitar. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't play drums probably until later in the nineties. Oh, okay. Look at that. Um, all right. So, Langer uh, rises, reaching t- to turn off the alarm, and there's never so much seething that it can't be disarmed. You just stop it up, pass it on, shove it to shelve it, to leave it off and turn over. So, this is about apathy, right? It's about yeah. uh yeah turning off the alarm and turning over and going back to sleep and yeah. ig- ignoring everything that's going on. Yeah, there's all these things bells going off like you should be waking up to what's happening. Right. And this is like Bush, you know, after Reagan. Right. And 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 these yeah. guys were, were the definition of woke. If you want to talk about a woke <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this and listening to this I realize that a lot of it 
still rings true. I mean, to today, oh, I for guess sure. corruption's always been around. So uh, corruption <laughs> and, and greed and the whole thing uh, mm-hmm. that they do, they have a lot to say about. But I mean, you gotta you gotta respect them because they didn't just talk the talk; they walked the yeah. walk for sure. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as not selling merchandise, not selling T-shirts. I mean, I mean, I don't think there was ever. Uh, legitimate Fugazi T-shirts for sale. No, I had one I got from the Wildwood Wildwood Boardwalk, and it had a huge hole in the sleeve after like one washing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I never I never understood like why they didn't merchandise because they were so DIY that you know you would think you would try to pull in as much money as you could, but they had a formula in the system. They didn't want to pay somebody extra at shows to sell t-shirts is one of their reasons right they had a lot yeah they had a whole they had uh, there was there's an awful lot of rules yeah, <laughs> so yeah by, there's a lot which, of stuff going on there you is. couldn't buy anything yeah i think you can only buy fruit or something at their at their shows <laughs> you know you know more power <laughs> all right so then we go we go into the frantic and, and i love how this song goes right into the next song uh yeah yeah the frantic title track listen to repeater At this point, were you into the lyrics as well? Were you into what they were singing about, or were you more just about the sound of it and the um, music? Uh, the sound, the emotion, but the, I mean, the hardcore feeling that a lot of the lyrics and the, and the shouting, I was always into the shouting. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that, 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 that made it, it was deep. I mean, there was that, that, there was that one line in here. It was like, uh, it sounded like something outside sound like a gun stay away from that window it's not anyone that you know yeah right it's only right about her so i mean it was, like, it was like wow that's that's deep i mean there's a lot of really deep lyrics that you know there is and this and i'll be honest with you i'm i i, I did i'm i was kind of the same way with them because i just loved it sounded so good and you, and you know all right well these guys are singing with conviction about something <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. had no idea that it's actually about the um, crack cocaine uh, violence and uh, yeah. situation they had at the time in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And that uh, yeah. a repeater is another word for a revolver. And so you got the okay. uh, re- repeater revolver. And it's so- also sort of about the endless cycle of violence just keep repeating, yeah. you know, and hopelessness that repeats over and over. And then also the obsession we have with it on the news. Uh, right after what you were talking, that line there, uh, it says only about ourselves and what we read in the paper. Don't you know, ink washes out easier than blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So they're definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's great lyrics and, and the tension and release in this song in the middle, I'm going to play also the middle and the end part where it's just, it's, it you got that stops and then you got that 
that cracking snare, the, uh, the, sh- the snare shots, you know, and right. uh, where it just breaks down to those, and then uh, it keeps coming back to that. It's just, it's so good. It is, it is, and uh, I, I don't think they would be half the band if Joe Lally wasn't the uh, bass player, because he brings so much to oh, the table. Oh, he does, as for far sure, as, yes. Because he... He's a, he's a dub influence. He didn't even have like a dub background. He was like a metalhead when they met him. Right, right. And and he just showed up and wanted to be in a band with him. And yeah, I guess he's picked up. He played guitar and then he picked up the bass. But I'm just blown away by that because I mean it sounds like so ingrained in him that this dub feeling that he has, and he has such feeling for every song. You just hear him ripping away on it. He does. It sets he, such a tone. Yes, yes, it is. And you could tell he, he he's playing with his pick, I guess, which makes sense because he was yeah. a guitar player going to a bass player. Right, but true. Um, yeah, it just carries uh, so much of, of the songs, uh, especially like you said, it's like a dub thing when everything else will drop out and you got that throbbing bass underneath. Yeah. It's and great. he just syncopates with the drums and it's just, ah, oh, it's perfect. Right. It's good. <laughs> yep. And all right. And speaking of him, now we got uh, him and uh, yeah. drummer Brendan Canty locking into some uh, serious grooves here. Uh, this is just a, a little instrumental called Brendan Number One. really cool definitely um highlighting those two but then you also got the uh guitars the great guitars weaving in and out and uh yeah it just sounds like a uh a a jam but a cool jam by these guys by guys that could really play and uh you know like we said you could hear when people are playing with conviction and they're playing their hearts out you could hear that yeah yeah it comes across very easily it's profound you know it is it is and all right, so now we get so shocker. We were mentioning how they're anti, yeah, <laughs> merch, anti merch, and we got a song called Merchandise. And uh, but the song's message, I mean, I think this goes down to why they didn't want to sell shirts or anything is the message is you are not what you own, and right. that's okay. how, that's really a, a great message for now. For I mean, for all times, it's always great, you know, right. that you're just not what you own. Uh, and it's a, it's a great song too, by the way. Let's listen to a little bit of merchandise.
Okay, the ironic thing is that the song is so damn catchy. It should have been uh, like a radio hit, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. It's I mean, super catchy. Have been dancing to it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> we owe you nothing. You have no control. Um, and then, yeah, it says at the end, you are not what you own. Uh, so, yeah, they, uh, they were very... I mean, these guys, and just reading about them, uh, after, uh, after this record, after a couple of uh, albums after this, they, they toured all the time, and they got big offers from labels. Yeah. I mean, every major label wanted to sign them. And they yeah, said, no, they, we're staying with uh, Discord. And, uh, you know. And they did pretty good on their own. They did. They, they did. But, um, and yeah, I totally have respect for them. And I, I could not picture them on a major. They could not have gone no. to a major label. It would not have worked. No. It would not have ended well. There was a, <laughs> yeah, there was a, Amit Ertigen wanted to give him like $10 million to sign the Atlantic. Yes. And I they read turned them down. Yeah. Yeah, good and for them, they, man. And then they wanted him to be on Lollapalooza. Yes, but um, they would they wouldn't make the tickets five dollars. That's their thing is that all their concerts were uh, all their shows were five dollars to get in. Right, right. Yeah, I think I mean, you know, <laughs> like I said, more power to him. Uh, nothing but mad respect. But yeah, I think maybe he Ian's a little uh Maybe he's a little bit of a, a control freak, and uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. I mean, he was he was the only one that was allowed to drive anywhere, and he was like, they did everything. He was the booking, he was the PR. Right. They, that's why it was so cheap, is because they didn't have to hire a booking agent. <laughs> you know, yeah. so they just Maybe cut it's out just really all that. Cheap. Just, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a more power to him to go through all that, but right. I guess you know. If you, it's a life of a rock star. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right. So now we have more ir- irony, I think, with this next song, uh, Blueprint, because it's called Blueprint. And w- thinking about it, this song and the whole record is like a blueprint for a lot of modern rock that came after them. Um, from right. anywhere from like Interpol to Rage Against the Machine and uh, all these bands, you could hear everything. You could hear a lot of it on this record that came out in uh, early 1990, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 It was a it's blueprint. A, it's all in there. voice i mean ian's great too and but like you said they definitely have two distinct styles and uh yeah ian's maybe more of the aggro shouter and um gee has sort of that 
like I don't want to say whiny, but <laughs> he's got that like yeah. pleading, uh, you know, pleading um, uh, a little more high, uh, shrill almost voice. But it but it works really well in uh, in what he's singing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was in that band with uh, Brandon. Uh, Rights of Spring. Spring. Yeah, which were yeah. great. They uh, Rights of Spring are awesome. There was some funny stories that they used to. They were dirt poor, and they would end all their gigs like smashing up their instruments and they would have to wait and work to make more money so they could buy more instruments to play another gig oh, Jesus. so they <laughs> so they, they only played like 14 shows in their in their existence oh right 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 yeah they were just waiting <laughs> to buy more uh, instruments that's funny um yeah so again uh they're saying you have a choice of what to buy into and it says uh, yeah. never mind what's been selling it's what you're buying uh, and receiving undefiled. Um, yeah, great lyrics. And uh, yeah, like you said, very, uh, for written 30 plus years ago, still very uh, meaningful today. And uh, yeah. now we got a song, and this is called Sieve Fisted Fine. <laughs> You got Lolly's bass there, just like uh, driving everything. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, and, uh, and Guy's uh, lyrics are, are a little bit more poetic, I think, than than what Ian sings. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, they're both. You know, it's just there's something more, you know, literature like because he had a background in literature. It's like. He, he tells a, a different, he, he goes about telling a story differently, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, this one definitely, uh, what do you think this one's about? Did you read into lyrics at all? Yeah, I was actually reading into it a lot more like the past week. It's like, you know, you're constantly trying to find, like solve, and you just keep losing or getting frustrated because it, it just goes through your hands. It's just like it just dissolves in front of you and you're just... You constant, like you know. I guess this could be a metaphor for life. You know, you're just constantly trying to establish something, and and you know, you're losing stuff, but you're gaining ground. It's a you know. Yeah. Well, I, I saw. I saw it also could be as a metaphor for drug addiction and heroin addiction specifically. Yeah. Because uh, he, here comes another problem, all wrapped up in a solution, and that's the you know drugs. Basically, you they yeah. just you think they're the solution, and they just give you more problems. And it's ugly as it's strapped on, twice as hard yeah. to get behind. Please. So yeah, there's. I think there's some little. Um, allusions to uh, heroin here, and um, there were also we didn't mention they were also very 
straight edge uh, young men as yeah. well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Ian kind of gets the, uh, he's kind of like the godfather of the, uh, of the uh, straight edge movement, but I think he kind of like doesn't want to or didn't want to be for, you know. Of course not. Like, yeah. He cause like, cause it... <laughs> people kind of got carried away with it. And I think right, he right, just right. was kind of like, all right, you guys just do your own do thing. Your own thing yeah. I don't want to be, I don't do want to be involved in, <laughs> you in hitting you. people because they're smoking cigarettes you know right 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 but right. um yeah yeah they're very but you know also goes back to their you know low cost of living too you know they weren't partiers they were very serious and motivated yeah right right oh my god so serious um so so serious <laughs> <laughs> this episode of that record got me high podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon what is patreon well, I've only been telling you about it for the past three years, but Patreon is a platform that allows you to support artists and creators that you love. How do you become a patron? Well, I also mentioned this too. You go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH or just go to patreon.com and search for That Record Got Me High podcast and become a patron of the show. It's fun. It's, well, I don't know how fun it is really, but uh, it really helps out and we appreciate you and we have special patron curated episodes and we send out newsletters and uh, it is fun. Let's, I'm just going to go on record as saying it's kind of fun. Go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron today. All right, so this next one, we were talking about uh, some of the dual vocals. They, they both sing on this one, and uh, they're not beating around the bush on this one, right? I mean, uh, right. basically, yeah, this, this one is called Greed. Wanted everything, you needed everything. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's it. I will say, if I'm being totally honest, they can come across as a little preachy, yeah. rigid, a little rigid, a little preachy at times, you know? But that's, yeah, you know, no. like I said, you can't fault them for because they stuck to their guns, but you know, Sell a T-shirt. Sell some T-shirts, you know? I mean, yeah, I just like I said, <laughs> yeah, a lot of my friends weren't really into them. Uh, because I think because of the preachiness, yeah, I could always, you know, I could, you know, I could, I could separate my. You could separate it. You can get past that because they still yeah. rock so hard, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, it's and it's uh, trying to tell you something. They they want you to learn something. Yeah, you know, yeah, you <laughs> it's not like it's not just like yeah, uh, just you know, bashing and and you know, 
smashing the state. There's something more that they're trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But they just want to tell you it over and over again. Until, yeah. Yeah. Because you're obviously not, because you're obviously not getting it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, did you ever see them? Do you ever get to see them? Yeah, I saw them uh, in 1995 in Philadelphia. There's actually the uh, the show I went to is on YouTube. Oh, nice! And uh, uh, it was a they it was a show that they stopped the show because they were they had to yell at the the crowd to to calm down. There was a they said there was a couple of uh, you know, jocks. The jocks always have to come in and ruin it oh, somehow. Jocks, and, they ruin it. Jocks ruin everything. The jocks or or guys with Slayer shirts. I mean, that's basically what you got <laughs> at a Philly, you know, Philadelphia show oh, okay. like that. It was just guys ruining. But um, it was good. I mean, I was up in the balcony. I wasn't. I was by that point, nineteen ninety five. Was already too old to be on the floor. I was only like my mid twenties. So <laughs> good for you, Jake. Good but, for you. But they were great. They were. Uh, very tight band yeah and, and they never they didn't ever have a set list they did it all they kind of like improv their every show oh okay nice nice yeah i mean that's got to be exciting yeah and, and there is a lot of stuff on uh youtube and they uh they also i think didn't they kind of recently like in the past couple of years like put like a whole a whole bunch of shit online like all these uh shows and everything yeah, at first in the early 2000s, I think they did this bootleg series where they were, I think I bought two of them, where they had like uh, um, live shows that they were selling. And then I think recently they did put them on maybe Bandcamp. I'm not sure. I actually haven't seen the actual site. But yeah, I was uh, I was pretty excited to hear about that because I, I would rather listen to the live shows than the recordings anyway. Oh, okay. Because a lot more, you know ferocity to them oh yeah for sure all right so now we have more greed what do you know uh yeah i think that's the this next one is also uh, let's listen to a little bit of two beats This one here, it's, it's definitely interesting. It sounds like it's about someone that got caught, like red-handed, caught with their hand in the till. Right. But I, I feel like it's about something that happened specific. But I was looking around and I could not find anything. Yeah, it's like a privilege type of crime. Yes. That, you know, somebody's yeah. kind of ghetto gets away with. Right, right, because right. Because of right. their power. That's what that's what I took it at. It's like hey, I got caught, but you know what? It's no big deal. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, that sounds vaguely uh, uh, yeah, familiar, yeah, exactly. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God. And now, speaking of something that feels vaguely familiar, this next one, I uh, all right, Styro, it's called Styrofoam. And I, to me, it's like a brilliant metaphor because he's 
comparing like racism and bigotry to styrofoam because because uh, styrofoam is what it's non-biodegradable and it never really goes away and yeah, uh, it, it yeah. burns its poison yeah exactly so uh yeah and this is a really this is a heavy song this is an ian mckay song and uh yeah, yeah this is heavy shit written over 30 years ago and very could have been written yesterday let's listen to a little bit of styrofoam <laughs> our poisons like yeah. styrofoam oh that's heavy yeah yeah it's a then that's a you know that could be a hardcore song straight out of you know the 80s yep right now you have two young girls do your girls do your girls listen to fugazi at all they're uh, <laughs> probably uh, not right <laughs> yeah actually no uh maxine uh she knows fugazi like anytime she hears a uh, waiting room she goes oh daddy that's fugazi oh nice <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah okay because when you play like those those uh, uh stations like on on amazon like the alternative stations uh, they throw some fugazi in there so. right okay good so they're aware of they're aware. They're aware. They're woke. That's <laughs> well, of course. I have no doubt. They have, uh, they have awesome woke parents, so why wouldn't they be? I'm sure they. What do they really listen to? Like, a lot of. Uh, um, a Taylor lot of Swift, pop. My, my eldest, my eldest daughter doesn't like music at all, which is much. She doesn't uh, like I mean, music. Carolyn Chagrin, we ruined her for music. I, I don't know what we did. Maybe she's we're, we're rebelling. Of, well, you know, kids have to rebel at some point, so that's her way of. Yeah, uh, I guess that's what it is. Rebelling. She's rebelling by not Good liking music because she'll like music eventually. I hope so. I mean, maybe not. I mean, it's not. Maybe not. not well. Some people just, don't like music. <laughs> <laughs> We don't, we I usually don't. don't hang out with those people, but you know, <laughs> I think she will. I think she, uh, what grade is she in now? Uh, she's a freshman, right? She's going into sophomore year. Oh, okay. She may discover, maybe when she goes to college, she'll discover all of a sudden she'll get into these, you know, st stupid, horrible bands that you'll hate anyway, and you'll see. <laughs> I wish she never got into music in the first place. <laughs> Why are you listening to this? Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So this next one, I guess they had a song called Provisional. And this is a yeah, re yeah. reprise, a re-recording of it. 
Which called. I didn't realize until just doing the research for it that I didn't realize there was two <laughs> songs that were the same Me too. on two different albums. I had right. no idea. And uh, and now and in this one we sort of pivot from greed, like personal greed and corruption, to governmental greed and uh, corruption. I believe uh, in this one. Let's listen. To it. Great. You know, aside from everything else, see, you had mentioned Helmet before, and I remember when Helmet came out, and, and I like Helmet. I was into him. But you can't, you listen to a Helmet record, and you basically, it's kind of like the same, a lot of the same through. I mean, it's awesome, and it's heavy, but it gets very samey sounding, you know? Right. It's and very repetitive. It, it is, and this stuff is just like, there's so much great stuff going on, and there's so much melody. I mean, there's really great melody. They're great songwriters, so they they, yeah. they sort of found the secret sauce to keep their, you know, hardcoreness, but uh, also just write these great songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, it just be, you know, mindful and just like trying to, you know, tell you something that, you know, there's these people in the world that don't care what happens to you. They are only out for themselves. Right. So right, be right. careful. Exactly. And don't believe what they say. Yep. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. We, so, yeah. We have to get your daughter into this. We got to maybe we'll, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll have an intervention. Bring her over. Well, you guys can already eat one night. We'll have an intervention she, with her. So probably roll her eyes. I'm sure she will a, roll her, her eyes. thing. <laughs> Um, all right, so we got the uh, last song, the final song, and I really like this song because I feel like Ian uh, Mackay, even though even though he's clearly anti-drug, 100% anti-drug, he takes kind of a softer tone on this one here. I feel yeah. like he's trying to empathize with uh, you know someone who's an who's an addict and trying to feel for them, and I guess it's kind of about. Uh, it's it, it's sort of a, about someone, a DC musician. Yeah, it was. That? It was. Uh, I think it was about his brother's girlfriend. Over right, those. Catherine uh, Abreli. Uh, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who didn't survive? So it's it's not it's nice because it's uh, a person. Like I said, it, you know, it's not so preachy sounding. It's more just like personal sounding, and it has a lot of heart to it. And I think it's a really great uh, album closer. So let's listen to. Yeah. Shut the door.
but yeah, that's kind of heartbreaking at the end. She's not breathing. She's not yeah. moving. She's not coming back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, uh, that's heavy shit. Heavy lyrics. Yeah, heavy lyrics too. Uh, the the line, uh, "I burn myself. I am the fuel. I never meant to be cruel." It's uh, yeah, and and it's a great. There's a a great live version of it. Um, I believe it appeared on that movie that they did, the documentary Instrument. I just um, watched. I just watched this. that the other night when I was in Nashville. I I, I just watched that. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was really good. That version of this is just like they bring it. They bring you know this is like basically all the bells and whistles are all thrown in this. There's highs and lows and and you know right. they bring it way down, way way down and yeah. to the point where it's just like a little and the audience is really quiet watching because it's so yeah. intense well, of course, well they're well behaved or else Ian's gonna probably yell at them if they're not <laughs> yeah exactly no dancing <laughs> you're all scared the old guy's gonna yell exactly <laughs> it's great um all right man so uh this was a great we did you, it we, we did it we finally got you back on i'm glad <laughs> it only took a year it's been like over a year right but whatever yeah because yeah, yeah. when we did it it was uh we were in person it was before the whole pandemic thing but uh, yeah it was like uh, i believe it was 2019 it was like last decade okay well you know you know <laughs> very, maybe you haven't heard we're uh, very popular now booked uh, many months in it <laughs> um all right so jay if someone wants to check out uh mutant sounds net label where should they go they should go to Bandcamp, uh, mutantsounds.com on Bandcamp. Uh, I have like 360-some experimental noise, free jazz, ambient, just, you know, some rocking type stuff as well. It's all on there. Um, you can check it out. I have you know, free streaming. I don't put a cap on the streaming like some people do because they want to right. buy the buy the release eventually well, good um, for you. And, and the downloads are, are cheap three dollars typically for a download oh, that's great. And, then, and it goes uh i split it after paypal and uh and uh band can't take their cut uh i split it uh with the uh with the artist oh so, nice okay great wow so look at that and you also isn't also your old your band from new jersey don't you guys have a band camp you still have that yeah, we still have it, and actually, uh, Two Foot Tall Jerk, you're referring to. Two Foot Tall um, Jerk, yes. <laughs> we have a band camp. I and remember. Also, I've been, I've been releasing it, uh, some older stuff. Well, that's all older at this point. Uh, stuff on, on Mute and Sounds, because it has a bigger audience. So okay, I, nice. I have a release coming out uh, in July, 25th anniversary of uh, the recording of Home Sweet Hell will be coming out all right for your listening pleasure for your listening pleasure well <laughs> that's nice to hear you keeping busy uh it's great to talk to you even though i couldn't see you in person because his too. wife wouldn't yeah. let him come over but whatever you know what are you gonna do <laughs> um you didn't it was it's all right it's probably better off this way um <laughs> uh so uh yeah but thanks again jay this was fun uh, thank let, you for having me let's not wait over a year next time to have you although maybe no, it's uh, realistically maybe it, it'll it probably will be a year yeah it probably will be and I, i've <laughs> only got five albums to, to narrow down to one there I you think. go it's so, hard it's not but, easy right no it's not i mean gee it's like i 
I have. I could easily do twenty albums. Of course you can. Yeah, but that's uh, <laughs> get your own podcast. All right. So yeah, uh, don't forget. <laughs> don't forget, guys. If you want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, it's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high is a lot of fun on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. It's at trgmh podcast i've been trying to do more stuff on twitter i don't know twitter it just seems like everyone has to be mad at everyone and that, that's not what i'm about so but I'm, I'm yeah trying. it's kind of the energy that has there but uh it's uh it moves a lot faster than facebook i think it does but i'm it's the best way to find out if anyone's dead you know if someone dies you're first thing to hear about <laughs> on twitter so yeah exactly even that. before the person knows they're dead <laughs> there you go uh you can email me at uh, trgmh33 at gmail.com and don't forget, if you guys want to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. We have another uh, patron curated episode coming out soon. I know Jay sent me, you actually cheated. You know, you sent me two, yeah, I know. two things. <laughs> I haven't decided. I may just edit one of them and only do one, but I may keep them both. I'm going to see how I feel, uh, my mood okay. when I do it. But uh, yeah, no, but they're a lot of fun, right? Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah it's a lot become of fun. a patron, we could do the patron cura- curated episodes. Those are fun. And I send out newsletter. Uh, do you enjoy the newsletter, Jay? I do. do you read I it? Do. Oh, good. Okay. I do read it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I got a new one. <laughs> got a new one ready to come out any, any day now. Uh, yeah, very, you put a lot of you put a lot of work into this. It's not I, it's not easy. All this. Thank you. Jay. Podcasting <laughs> and and net labeling. It's a thank lot you, of. Uh, yeah, I know it is. A lot of legwork. <laughs> it it probably keeps us out of trouble though, right? It does. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, uh, once again, it was great having you on. Give my love to your lovely family. Once again, Thank everyone, you. thanks Thank for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. I will see you guys next week. We are out of here. See you.